Right, should we do a music podcast? We shall. I was thinking about your, uh, yours and Adam's Get Off My Lawn After Dark. You know, the After Dark got cut together and from bits that didn't make sense to be in a sports podcast. Um, and I had, I had this thought about commercial radio, right? Because they play commercial radio in the office at work. Grim. And really grim. To me, to yeah, to me, so... When we were sort of growing up, Triple M, right, played a lot of old stuff, you know, a lot of ACDC and, and the Angels and that sort Nothing of stuff. Nothing but the 70s, 70s and 70s. But they also started to get into Powderfinger and, you know, some of the indie rock of, of the Triple J stuff. You know, not the early stuff, obviously, but... Yeah, that was always the joke, was the, was the uh, Triple M's playlist would be the loudest, louder end of whatever the, the Triple J Orders 100 was. Yeah. Now, it just sounds exactly the same as when I listened to Triple M, you know, in whatever context, you know, whether it was in a pub or whatever, around in the early 2000s. It just doesn't sound any different. It doesn't seem to be, new, like... I would thought I'd occasionally hear like a Fiddler track or a DMA's track or something newish that fitted that heavier end of the rock spectrum. Raw Blood? <laughs> raw, raw Blood, right? Never heard a Raw Blood song walking through the thing. Hear heaps of hunters, heaps of Powderfinger. The thing is that I, the place I'd heard Raw Blood for the first time was on the, I suppose you could broadly say, the New Zealand version of Triple M. So if it wasn't for The Rock, I wouldn't have heard Royal Blood in the first place. So, but I think that I think Triple M have, mm. have just become like a legacy format radio station anyway. They've just aged with their um, yeah. They've sort of aged with their audience. And I suppose if we're talking Triple M, we probably need to uh, note the uh, the news today as we record this. It'll be half a week uh, when it happens. When you hear this, folks, of, of the passing of Doug Mulray, who to Bezo and I probably wasn't that significant individual because we didn't grow up in Sydney in the 80s, but um, he had an extremely large impact on um, on breakfast radio and the way it's, it was done, um, first on on the precursor of Triple J and then on Sydney Triple M. I, I guess I knew And he got thrown off television by Kerry Packer for having animals fucking Yeah, mostly on, for on, being on, thrown on off. On TV. All right, shall we go through these <laughs> these albums? We should go through these albums, please. Uh, shall we start with the Unknown Mortal Orchestra? Ah, uh, man, this is the one that really like I, like I have pretty straightforward opinions about the other two. I listened to this early in the week and went, I quite like this. This is you know got some interesting bits to it. Um, I quite like this is is probably a fair fair reaction to it. Because what there isn't much you can hate about this. It's you know it's a bit dreamy and a bit sort of soft in places and then I listened to it later and thought well I listened to it this afternoon and admittedly I had a shit of a day and my patience was quite thin you were not there for this shit I was not there for this shit I was like fuck this is irritating me I need to listen to something else so so what you've done actually let's go back to the 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 other week where we talked about this and you said this album might be the sort of album that we were talking about the basketball podcast they come in in the play-in but they're so good in the playoffs that they could do better in the conditions that the playoffs are held in, which for us is sitting in a hammock drinking beer. Yeah. You tested this album with the absolute opposite of the sitting in a, in a hammock drinking beer, the <laughs> mid-year <laughs> shit fucking work day, everyone giving you the tits, 
fucking it's the exact opposite of the playoff environment and this album did not succeed it's not making the playoffs this way yeah uh- there's about two-thirds of my friends starting two weeks of holidays right now, and I am not, and this album did not fit that mood. I don't know. No. Because double albums are meant to be like a concept, and we talked about this when we brought this album up to start with, is that we thought, you know, this is primarily a Ruben Nelson side pressure, although his brother Cody is a lot more involved. Essentially, it's, it's just like it wasn't the Mitchicks, except that kind of, he's kind of the, the thematic lead. And we thought, okay, solo album, particularly double solo album, might be a bit concepty, might be a little bit uneven. It's not uneven because it, it's less of a concept album and more of a vibe album. They're chasing a particular vibe, and that vibe is yeah, I was say. West Coast adult-oriented yacht rock of the late 70s. And if anything, it's it's far too samey and far too kind of smooth peanut buttery to be a double album. It has no need to be an hour long. It's entirely pleasant, but it's they could have cut 20 minutes off it because nothing that extra 20 minutes didn't tell us anything that we didn't already know from the rest of the album. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking of an album that has seemed to completely uh, disappeared off streaming YouTube. I can't find the fucking thing anywhere. Uh, and it was an early 2000s album by a band called Kenobi, but with a you know a dot in between each letter. Um, and it was this dreamy sort of thing, but the whole vibe of the album was we're relaxing on a tropical island drinking margaritas. Like that—that that was the vibe that it gave you, and it was—it was very specific. Like it really had that. You're at a resort, and someone's bringing you very expensive, very alcoholic drinks that you're yeah. not paying for. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like it, it just felt like it had a purpose, right? I mean, this, and I don't know whether this I, did. I can see what this is for, and it's exactly what you said it was when you read the bio. It—it it is a. It is a bloody rooftop pool, you know, or kind of lap pool at a, at a surf club med or something like that kind of environment. It's ironic, you know, it's probably not that ironic that Brothers Nelson did an album that's best listened to in the surf. I suppose Anderson Park lives in this space too, but um, you don't expect as much from him. I kind of expect a little bit more out of the Nelson boys. Expect something a little bit more experimental and challenging and, and artistic. And this was just kind of tired and generic and and not really pushing any boundaries at all. It just kind of, like I said, it was just like they'd settled on a vibe and that was was what they're going to do. We're going to make an hour of vibe music. Cool? Yeah. I guess? My biggest thing is, do I put this on the long list? I I really don't think it's good enough. You know it'll perform better in those sorts of conditions. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, better conditions, but uh, I think I should demerit it enough that I don't want to do that. I wouldn't think about it too much, you know. I'd stick it on the on the camping rotation and see how it turns out. I think the type specimen for yep. this album is is the single "That Life" that captures everything that this album does. And of course, that was the that was the song that was in the release radar. So I probably just listened to that three times, and I would have actually heard the album already. Um, it's it's called "That Life" as distinct from "This Life," which was that UK series that Secret Life of Us was ripped off, or "That's Life," which is that weird supermarket magazine that's obsessed with. Wacky headlines about kind of domestic homicides. <laughs> my husband tried to murder me and all my children. It's like, okay, this is that's life. It doesn't really seem like the vibe. If we're going to talk about vibes, I'd much rather the Nielsen Boys uh, rooftop pool kind of vibe than um, that's life. Shall we talk about laid back country picker? 
Which there should actually be a term for when the one good track on the album is the one you find in release radar. Yeah. Do you know what? I haven't actively hated an album as much as this one for <laughs> quite a long time. <laughs> I was fuck. I was listening this on the way home this afternoon. I'm like, like I'd already. Sort of, and you were in you a know, truck. Gone. You were in the perfect circumstance in a truck going down the highway. So yeah, that's, that's right. I'm not. I'm not allowed to smoke out the side of it and flick the butt out and and uh, yeah. you know piss in a Jim Beam bottle. Though. This is a um, rubber duck, and I'm about to put the hammer down. It's funny, but we're going to um, Denver later this year, and uh, they've got a really cool um, amphitheater there that's like out in the desert, well, no, sorry, out in the mountains, with sort of built into the rocks. Beautiful place. Would be awesome to see music there. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, let's have a look. You know what's playing there while we're there surely there'll be even if it's just you know some little localish band and there is a localish band that's playing like a week residency and, and it's like this and i'm like oh fuck me and i'm sure like it'll pack it out for a week but god damn i would rather slip my wrist and listen to this stuff again so the problem with this is that the single that i liked off this was called lb something citizen vic or something Civilian Vic. And it's an interesting kind of bluesy... It almost kind of feels like um, oh, Old Man Sam by Spiderbait or maybe something kind of Primacy or Dave Graney. Uh, but the rest of the album is just a bunch of really boring Cletus songs yeah. and the dude can't sing. And the other issue that he has... No, that's, that's what just... The first track, I'm like, okay, I don't like this style of music. Go West, young man. It's really... It's uh, and fucking... also, you can't fucking sing. Like, what's the um, what's the Adelaide band that, like, I really like the music, but his voice just fucking gets me every time. Like, it's that real... I was fucking in a pub, mate, you know? Well, not Bad Dreams. Um, be bad Dreams. Bad Dreams, yeah. Bad Dreams is, is a bit like Eve 6. Fantastic on Twitter. Better than they are musically. Although Eve 6 album is pretty good. Um, LB's Truth slash Civilian Vic is the best song on the album. And it's actually sort of a two-parter. Where there's a lot of kind of slide guitar, slide chunky, crunchy fucking guitar. But the rest of it's kind of a bit kind of dumb. And then there's... Uh, he's a school teacher in Kentucky, so he probably should be thankful that no one's tried to shoot up his classroom this week. Um, it's not fun. It's very sad. Uh, that's why I said it as a joke. But the thing is that he seems it's to be... Just, it's just ridiculous. That's what it is. You know, none of his content is... He doesn't want to get cancelled for anything that is recorded. So he just sort of sings kind of songs about how kick-ass John Glenn was and shit like that. He's being an educator in a red state, you know. You kind of have to stay away from, you know, anything controversial like, you know, classical statues that have penises or evolution or critical race theory or... The idea that maybe not everyone should be shot at in their fucking workplace. Um, but yeah, you can feel the kind of I don't want to get cancelled for this kind of restraint in it. And it, in, in places it kind of feels like educational songs. Sort <laughs> of Don Spencer or Pierre Coombe kind of areas. Nope. Uh, but yeah, it, it did not work. Nope. It was not a thing. Nope. <sighs> Moving on. Hello, Mary. Okay, so th- this in bits gave me vibes of that. Uh, like I always refer back to it, but like uh, Slipslide Melting, uh, yeah, what's the name of that band? Something Lisa off the Crow soundtrack has that sort of, uh, you know, a bit of guitar, but with a, a sort of low key female vocalist. But this ended up being a little bit more dreamy than Rocky, wouldn't you? 
Wouldn't you agree? Like it sort of drifted away a little bit. It didn't sort of maintain. I thought the, what I liked well, about is not the right word, but even even no, that. I, I I really like this album because I thought they this this is the best yeah, so, attempt so I've I, seen I, for a while at that kind of Veruca Salt, um, right girl kind of feel because they didn't just play it straight. They also they clearly listened to a lot of like pavement when they were kids because it's got that kind of really crunchy. Uh, crunchy, dirgy, grungy kind of guitars, but also that very kind of beautifully pitched uh, melodies over the top. It's almost like kind of Liz from the Baths with a busted distortion pedal. Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of bands like this, like Mama that we've listened to, that because you know I'm a sucker for this kind of sound. But um, but yeah, I feel like they they, they got, there's lots of kind of likable, buzzy, offbeat kind of tracks that absolutely would have fucking owned on Triple J in about 1993. Um, Rabbit, Droopy Eyes, Sink In, Special Treat, fucking... Um, yeah, it's just, there's a lot of really good stuff on this album. It's, it's pretty high floor as well. There aren't, there aren't really any misses. They've done a really good job. The only thing is that they are absolutely kids. You know, two of them are just out of high school and the other one's like 22. So this is really interesting that this is a, like a, a very young, very kind of buzzy Brooklyn rock band uh, that have a sound that, that, you know, could go back 30 years. And to be honest, I just I just love that distortion. I, I love a chick with a big muff. Yeah, and I sort of thought we would get a little bit more of that, but like you said, there was a little bit of light and shade in this. Yeah, I, I, I quite like this. Though. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I think they landed this really well. They landed the plane that Mama ditched into the river with Sally. Yeah, the kids are all right. D- definitely going on my long list. That's what I'm going to say. So... I have like six jokers and nothing I want to pick as an album. So, do you want to go first? Um, let's see if I can find the right file. I'm going to go for a band called Grade Two, who are from uh, Wet Lake Country. They're from um, the Isle of Wight. I suspect they're probably like the the like the the anti Wet Leg in kind of a matter anti matter sense. Um, they're dudes who play kind of more punky stuff. So that's who I was going for. I'd, I'd, I'd heard a rumour that the new D-Mob Happy album was out this week, but it is not, so I shall not be picking the D-Mob Happy album until it is here in April with all the other fucky albums that are dropping in April, because there are a few. Oh, that's what... Uh, Fiddler have a new album called That's Life, and considering they're one of my favourite bands from podcast era... You sure they've got a new album out? That's what I'm going to go with. I thought they had, like, an EP. Mm, don't tell me this is an EP. Let's, check, let's fact check this now while we can, because we always fuck this up. Yeah, because this is where the Wikipedia one, which is very, very helpful, because it's supposed to be albums, not singles, whereas, you know, the Spotify, <laughs> this is what's new stuff is, invariably mostly singles. New EP out now. That's life. Six songs, 14 minutes. Fucking hell. Well, okay, let's add that into the listen, um, and I'll go uh, Black Honey's A Fistful of Peaches. That sounds like a recipe for a craft beer. Black Honey and A Fistful of Peaches. <laughs> Black, Black Honey and A Fistful of Peaches. Hops grown in my backyard and a couple of diesel. problem with having all these electronic devices is I have nowhere to write anything down on a piece of paper. <laughs> So, I was looking at some research this week that, that talked about writing stuff on paper and how important it is for memory recovery and shit like that. And I'm like, oh, look, you know, I know the science is there that we should write things down more. I, I've, I've got, you know, a couple of nice moleskins from 
various suppliers that give them away every year, I'll start writing stuff down. So I went to Melbourne for a meeting on Monday, wrote all this shit down, all this stuff I had to follow up, and then promptly left yeah, it. That's <laughs> the problem I always had. When I went to I used to, the next three I used days. to keep notes for the podcast on basically uh, knock off moleskins that I got from fucking sales reps. Uh, but the problem is I kept having to carry the fucking thing around with mm. me, and now I just this is this year I've been doing it on, on notes on yeah. my phone, which is fine. When the fucker fucking synchronizes, it works perfectly well. So Fiddler's EP is something. your Joker. Oh no, let's just we we can. I've got a couple of other things I was going to throw at you for the Joker. So can we just add that as like a like a an bonus? I was wondering whether there might week. be other Jokers we could throw in as a have a, a Joker EP special. Other EPs that we could have. Where, where do we where do we land on the DMAs? Was the last album any good? Uh, they have one good track per album. Yeah, and then the other one was I oh, know. Is it the lead singer of Tool that's problematic, or is it other yeah, parts he's, of Tool? Yeah, he's, he's not good. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, let's not go there. His side project, because his side project has a- Not a perfect circle. Has a Pussifier. Was he Pussifier? I thought he was perfect circle. James Keenan. Yes. Yeah, no, he's got perfect circle as well. That was basically a one-album wonder, but it was a bit more approachable than two. two. Yeah, I thought that might be interesting. Um, but if you've got something else, let's go with that. I don't. I was- you know, trying to see if there was any problems. If there's EPs, I don't actually pay much attention to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Well, this is, I think, a, a like a remix or a redo or something, because um, it's called exist exist exist. Oh, fuck it. Words. Anyway, it's colon rewired, whatever it is, which sounds like it's something redone. Oh, that probably means it's it's yeah. a but revisit. you know that's fine for a joke. Yes, April's April's looking pretty. Pretty tasty. There's a few things coming out in April. Yes, I do have an EP. Okay. Mud Hunt. I do have an EP that we could add. Oh, there we go. All right, so let's let's combine yes. our Joker. I'm trying to remember what it was. You do the Fiddler album, and I will do an album by a band called Only Fools and Corpses called Pisshead. Excellent name. And they are from Wales, <laughs> and they have next to no listeners, but they popped Which up is, on my isn't um, the, isn't the- release radar, and I thought, th- that's fantastic. We should definitely do some of that. Isn't Only Fools and Horses from Wales as well, the TV show? Uh, no, I thought it was London. Because you know, yeah, they're like- it's, it's, Close enough. London, Wales, pretty much the same thing. Uh, <laughs> so we've got some, some very weird bits of England and you've got- Where Black Honey from? Uh, Black Honey. And don't say the bottom uh, of the hive. No, they are English as well, I think. We've got lots of palms and then a bit of, a bit of fiddling around the side. Yeah. Oh, was that the nude party? I was looking at the nude party as well. Yeah, I've, I keep getting tracks of that stuck on mine because I think we did the nude party like at the end of a like the year before last or something like that. I was a bit underwhelmed by them, but the tracks that keep popping up in the release radar sound. I mean, they all sound kind of honky tonk woman era Rolling Stones, but they sound like a pretty good version of that. Mm. I'm trying to do less of obvious throwback acts this year. Yeah, but- a lot. Like, I was going through my list of um, stuff that looked interesting, and it was, like, formed in 1998. Like, fuck off. <laughs> I want something a little bit more modern than that. Um, it's a good year, 1998. Black Honey are from Brighton. Of course they were formed in Brighton in 1998. Sounds like it was a bit of a time. It would have been a bit of fun. That's peak fucking Fat Boy Slim fucking in heaven. Yeah, I think Vanessa's going to go to the Fat Boy Slim gig in Brisbane. It's like, okay. Well, and you have to stay home. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm like, I, don't, I don't know. If, like, I don't know whether I would enjoy that show. I think not sober anyway. I think it would be fine. I don't imagine he would do yes. a bad show. Yeah, no, I, no, that's the thing. Uh, like, 
he and I have seen him live before. He is very good live, like in terms of it would be like going to see the Hoodoo Gurus. You know, even if you're not they're not your favourite, you know they're going to do a good show because they've got enough of a track record of of doing a good show. Yeah, although Hoodoo Gurus sneaky loud, they love being the loudest band in the world for a band that you know wrote songs about volcanoes and fucking greyhound dogs and you know all kinds of random shit. Um, they do like uh, being louder than everybody else. <laughs> they do think they're Motorhead. Uh, all right, Doc. We are not Motorhead. Lovely to talk to you. I will see you sometime in Easter next week. Michelle, are you? Are you? Um, well, I was about to have a production meeting on the podcast. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> see ya. Ta- Alice Cooper.